This is No Ball Podcast, a podcast where I, Scott Hill, alongside my good friend Ben Stacy, chat all things Premier and Champions League football. While we may not be experts, we do certainly know ball. Hope you enjoy. Welcome back, one and all, to No Ball Podcast. It's been a while since I've been able to say that, but we're back and I couldn't be happier to say that. This is Season 2, Episode 17. We are about halfway through the 2022-23 Premier League season. It has gone by in a flash, broken up by the World Cup, but we've been back for about a month and a little bit there, and I think we're starting to see some of these narratives, some of these storylines fully form, fully come into their own, and I think me and Ben here are ready to talk about it. Speaking of Ben, how are we doing today? We're doing good, man. I mean, it's uh, it's been a great year to be an Arsenal fan. I think everyone is surprised where they're at. And I mean, personally, me, I'm doing great, man. I'm just glad that I'm back here with you talking a little footy. It's It's been too damn long, man. We needed to do this again. So I'm excited. Definitely, definitely. I, I couldn't be more excited to um, talk some footy here, hopefully spout some hot takes, piss some people off, make some people laugh. Um, as always, if you're listening to this, go ahead and try and follow us on Twitter at NoBallPod. Uh, give us your thoughts. Give us some hate comments. Tell us that we don't know ball and tell us why you do know ball. Throwing it back, though, to Arsenal. Ben, as a resident Arsenal supporter, you have already voiced your happiness in this podcast once. Yeah. So why don't we just throw it over to Arsenal and let you just beam and bloat about your own team here i mean what a start to the year i mean this couldn't it really couldn't have like gone like any better and the like process i think has you know fully emerged and it's 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 here so far like the i think the biggest change so far for arsenal has just been like the culture and like the type of leadership that we brought in and i, I think everyone like should be surprised because I don't think anyone thought that this is where Arsenal would have been. I mean, like I didn't even think they would be in the top four this year, like let alone just being even in the title race. Um, I don't think anyone saw this coming. I don't think anyone saw a lot of what's happening in this league so far, but I mean, like I think the biggest surprise of all is seeing <laughs> Granite Xhaka play the way he's playing dude i i used to want to have this dude's head on a stake dude (laughs) stand this dude for years and i'm like what the hell is he still doing here like what did he bring like he's constant mistakes he's a head case he can't like and he is just turned into this like he is like honestly to me like the face of arsenal like the passion like and he has like he doesn't have the captain's armband i I think he's like kind of he just like the leadership around like the young guys and with Martin Odegaard kind of taking that leadership role as like the captain, he plays off that second like captain role like so well. And like just the rest of the team has just been everyone's hit form at the same it, it's just it couldn't go any better. And with the second half of the season um, coming up, they're playing Man City twice. I know they lost to him, I think, in an FA Cup game, but Man City fans were eating that up. They're like this is what this is what's to come, man. Like, yeah, the exact same result. Like, it's gonna be an easy six points. I'm like, 
I think it's going to be way different. I Both teams played kind of some starters, some rotation pieces. Those games are going to be absolute riots, dude. So Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to those, jotting them down on the calendar. Going to be giving them a watch. Um, as a depressed Liverpool fan, just trying to see who's going to win the title. After a few years of my team that I support being up there fighting for the title, it's going to be interesting to see it from an outside perspective. But just to touch on it real quick, it is interesting to look back at our preseason rankings for the Premier League and and even yourself, the most adamant supporter of Arteta that I know personally. You've always had his back, even at, uh, you know, early on last season when they were last in the league and Spurs were first and you're just getting absolutely clowned on in social media. You know, you had even uh, no ball friend of the pod, Dylan, um, getting a little bit of Arteta out in him. Um, You were always there, always saying, you know, let him cook, let him build, Mm -hmm. see what he can do. They obviously have done that. And I think this is similar to the jump that, uh, not to make everything about Liverpool, but that Klopp did in 2018-19. You know, a little bit more of a jump because even before then, Liverpool were in Champions League. But then, you know, the next season, all of a sudden, they're pushing 90 points. uh, Just the pinnacle of consistency that they haven't had in the years past. And really more so doing that through not just a star player, but just splitting the workload, essentially. I mean, you you touched on Jaka, you touched on Odegaard, and, you know, everyone's going to say Starboy Saka, uh, Martinelli down the wing. Nikedia. But even, yeah, even a player like Nketiah, you know, he's, um, I think he might be their top scorer in the league, uh, last I checked. And then, you know, you got new boy Trissard coming through the door to add some depth. Oh, I, dude, I mean, once he came through, I was like, let's go. Like, I can't can, I can even push it even more now. Just the Trissard yeah. prop. Just the like, Trissard prop t- has moved to Arsenal. The train is in full go right now. <laughs> just watch out for that the rest of the season. Any goal he gets, just get ready for Benda. <laughs> go a little lo- loco here. Yeah. Um, you know, just Arsenal, it's, it's really nice to see an organically built team sort of challenge for the Prem right now. And I'm not going to say they're going to win it for sure, just because I know how it feels to be top at Christmas and then watch Pep Guardiola's side essentially go, you know, four months without losing a game in the league. And, um, you know, they are someone we're going to be talking about throughout this episode, but it has been really nice to see Arsenal after years of, I wouldn't say struggle ball necessarily, but it was a strong. I mean, eighth place, like, yeah. Post Wenger years, I mean, like we, most of us wish this upon ourselves. But I, I think that's like a good segue to go into Man City and kind of like what is going on currently. Like it, like because Pep was saying stuff about how like it's almost like he doesn't care about the Premier League. I mean, he obviously cares about the Premier League and the Champions League. That's all there, mind games completely. Know, there was that narrative that like Holland makes them worse. Which I think is just absolutely just stupid. Yeah, you've lost the plot at that point. Yeah, I'm like, he's got, I think currently right now, he's got 25 goals in 20 games, and he's on pace for, he's on pace for literally 50 goals in the league. Yeah. Like, yes, the system has changed, but the team hasn't really like changed around Holland. Like, the team, they're, they've got rid of like a lot of core pieces. I thought like, like pushing Raheem Sterling out, I thought was a weird one. And I feel like, that narrative is still like, well, he's not doing anything at Chelsea, but it'd be so much, I think, 
he'd still be the great player that he is in the Man City system. And now they got Jack Greenlish and Phil Foden, like both not playing well on the left side. They're like getting no, like, I feel like the creativity on the left side is just gone now, especially with Jao Cancelo leaving. So I think that the team around Holland is a lot different. And KDB, I feel like he's still like the best midfielder in the Prem. But I feel like we saw the best of, you know, KDB like in the earlier years. Like if we saw Holland in this team two years ago, I mean, I don't think Liverpool would even win the league once. No. Yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting point you brought up. I think a lot of people are going to look at that, at Holland and what he's doing, and say, without watching a game, just immediately think, okay, they're just catering to him. He's their only source of goals. Um, you know, he's picking up a lot of tap-ins. I know, you know, on TikTok and Twitter, you see the, the like, tap-ins of the year. Uh <laughs> You know, people just giving him crap for that, but it is a striker's job, and and for many years they didn't have a striker to do that. And I think the fact that people actually, in some way, believe that a striker with twenty five goals in twenty games is harming a team's chance at winning the title is just a bit blasphemous. Yeah, no. um, I haven't heard any like legitimate people come out and say like, maybe Boovy is that his name? I think I, he might have mentioned something about you know if Holland. Never made that move if they had Gabby Jesus and Zinchenko still. Um, they'd be winning the league. Which they'd be winning the league. It's just, it's all just nonsense on social media. You see a lot. Um, just like if, if Gabby Jesus had flopped, yeah, he would just, they'd be getting clowned and saying that they fleeced Arsenal. Like it's all just. Yeah. And, and then the, there's even the like narratives that like Harry Kane and that team. I mean, I think you'd be damn close to the same amount of goals that Holland has, but I feel like they'd be in the same, like, like Harry Kane is a little bit different where he enjoys the ball up a little bit, you know, before, you know, he, he can almost like play that kind of like floating nine where he like is involved in the buildup play. But I think that regardless, they'd be in the same situation as far as creativity. And like the fallout was Jacques Cancelo. Like, that happened so fast. That really did. It went from like, there was like, I, I didn't, I, I didn't even know what was going on. There wasn't even any, like any rumors. It was just like Jao Cancelo loans to Bayern, like done. And I was like, "What? Whoa! Like what's going on?" And like they're, I don't even know who their backup is left back because he's played so much. And I don't know if they're gonna play that Lewis kid on the right and then have Kyle Walker move to the left. So like, really interesting, kind of what's going on. It's, I still think they'll like finish in second though. I still think they're going to challenge for the title. It's going to be a close run in. Um, yeah, definitely will be. Similar to the last few years, you know, it might be a few points here or there that end up making it up. And um, Arsenal have made their moves this January to shore up their team. Mm-hmm. I know Arteta is probably going to be telling the players, you know, keep your head down. We're not, we're not in pole position to win this league, but. Yeah. With the the fact that there's a lot of younger players on that team, um, it's going to start playing in their heads. And, you know, a lot of Pep's players have been there before. Definitely. Um, and Holland actually hasn't. So it'll be interesting to see how he how he sort of reacts to it. Because at Dortmund, he was always second in the league. And Salzburg ran the league, I think, every single year that he was there. So, you know, lots of little nuances, lots of little things to think about for that title race. Definitely. It definitely is between right now Arsenal and City, in my opinion, unless both of them end up dropping some points here or there throughout the rest of the league. I don't see a way that United are really in it. 
especially um, after that loss at Arsenal. They have been good, though. Um, United have been fantastic this year. I didn't – I thought they would be in third. Like, I think – I was just – didn't think it would be, like, this way. I, I was, you know, thoroughly surprised that, like, they started out that poor and then how, like, the whole 10 thing and then when they bought with Sandro Martinez – I mean, everyone was clowning on him, and I was like, thank God he didn't go to Arsenal. And now he's like – he's a feisty little player. I kind of like – thinking about it now, I mean, I would want him on my team. Like, I would Definitely. Because, like, he is just all grit. He's also, like, solid on the ball. Like, you would – Very good, yeah. was, like, you know, and, like, they've made – United have made the signings to, like, plan for success. I just still think they lack at a striker – and Marcus Rashford's also in the form of his life. And I feel like they're just still lacking, like, that number nine and then also that, like, right flank. Because, like, Anthony, for me, doesn't do it for me. You know, like, Jaden Sancho, like, he's not – he's been, like, injured and also just his – That dude rocked up to training with, like, a little beer gut. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah. Those pictures? He has a little – he's got a little thickums on him now. He, yeah. He just – I don't know. He, it doesn't. I'm not sold in that attack yet. I mean, Bruno, he's he's great. I, Phenomenal player. I hate to say it. I hate him so much, but he's so good. He's a little. Uh, man, I, I don't even know what to call him, but I hate his guts. And he, like, he does fine though. He's like really quality player, and like all of the. But I just feel like they don't have like a coherent team yet. And Ten Hag is definitely like the guy that I think get that done. Yeah, I mean, this is year one of the rebuild in my vision. It's looking great. Um, And that's looking right on plan. Um, Just to touch on Rashford, I hate doing this because I really do like him. He's a good player. Mm -hmm. He is giving me like purple patch player vibes, though, so far through his career. I know throwback to when he was 18, first breaking onto the scene, he had a similar run of goals. Everyone was saying, you know, he's the next Ronaldo. He's the next this. You know, yeah. best young player in the league. And then next thing you know, you have two seasons in a row, like last year and the year before that, where people are slating him, saying he's fallen off, he's gone completely. And now this season, he's back on form, and everyone's saying, you know, he's the next Ronaldo again. Yeah. You know, he had that little Ronaldo chop. I think it was the FA Cup Ooh, game. Yeah, that was dirty. I mean, he's looking really good. No, but he does. I've solid. seen this before and I've heard this before. And can I see more? Can I see this the rest of the season? Is what I, I want to see like from Rashford. See this consistency, like just in his career period. Yeah, I, I, I do think I love, like I love him as a person. Like he is a, like a great overall dude. Like, and I think he has the skills to be like a very consistent, good player. But I feel like what hurts him in like in different teams, if he were to play for a different team, is like his defensive work rate. And I think yeah. with Ten Hag, like. He can't really go out with anyone like Garnacho. I feel like it's just the same exact way with less experience. And so, like, he's got to go with Rashford. And, like, I think he just, like, Ten Hag has gotten the most out of Rashford than anyone else because the recent managers at United, like, either didn't have a system or played so defensively that he couldn't thrive in this more, like, expansive system. Right. Like, this is, I think, this is best situation. I think, like, just more time in this Ten Hag system will just make him even that much better and, like, that team, like, that much scarier. And, yeah, like, that's that's a really good point. Like, I used to, like, like always going to Old Trafford, I'd be like, man, this is going to be a tough one. Like, if we just get a point, that'd be great. 
but like them like coming to us i was never afraid to play them like quite honestly yeah now i'm like that last that last matchup like i think both teams were like kind of feeling each other out and then the just goal was just sort of flying yeah i was game of the season contender dude yeah. banger after banger i love that yeah and like rashford like his confidence has just blossomed and exactly it's i think i I don't think that you're wrong that it, like he has been a purple like purple patch player and has lacked a lot of consistency, but I think he finally will like start like blossoming and really start taking like you know his career like and just running with it. I would, yeah, I would absolutely love to see him keep his confidence. I think that's going to be key for him and key for Ten Hag. Um, if he can help, you know, players like Sancho find their confidence in similar ways. This team has so much talent up top at yeah. this point. And it's just going to be interesting to see how Ten Hag mixes and matches and, you know, each lets each player show their true creativity, show their true talent, especially think, with even the younger guys, like you mentioned, Garnacho coming through, looks like yeah. uh, worthy of a talent. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, he looks all right. I think the one person I'm not sold on still and, like, just don't – I can't believe he's still on the team is, like, Martial. I did, like, that dude, he gets, like – consistent starts when he's available and i still don't know why yeah he's like a cult classic hero it's very weird he was he was literally rashford before there was rashford like he had (laughs) i can still like hear martin tyler just like absolutely just like just cream in his pants when like (laughs) like just like he like he did like have a crazy like route to goal and he went through like two different defenders but like, just like hearing Martin, Ty- like I hate that fucker when he calls an Arsenal or not an Arsenal game, but a Man U game. Like he just, he just sucks off like the Red Devils so much. He does love them. <laughs> and like Liverpool will do something like awesome. He's just like go, go for go me. for Liverpool. That's all like, he does. And there's that guy on TikTok that he like he does like the voiceovers and he just like looks annoyed. <laughs> yeah, those are funny. I love that. But um, it's just gonna, you know. It's going to be similar to the Arteta situation, in my opinion. Just fast forwarded with some some big money signings, yeah. And, and they have the, money. the already existing pre, like the already existing talent in the squad. I don't think is is similar to what Arsenal had. I think yeah. the the club that Arteta inherited was way worse financially and strength strength of squad. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they stick with Ten Hag, I I really don't see how they can not end up challenging for the league here within the next few seasons if things go the way they're going. I feel like even by next season, if they if they end up selling, I don't know who their owners are, but I heard like rumors of selling. They end up selling and like a big money guy like like Todd Bowley, you know. Oh yeah. And like I think they'll definitely challenge. But I mean speaking about Todd Bowley, man, how about Enzo What is going on? At the end of the transfer window, 120 some odd million euros. And they spent 300, like almost $400 million in January alone. <coughs> and it's this, just been a madness. It's really. like, I don't, how are they, how is this even financial fair play at this point? Like, how they're pushing they're financial fair play to the limit. Well, they sign these like seven, eight year contract. Like, Mudrits is on a seven year contract, Enzo Fernandez is on contract until 2031. That is an eight-year contract. That is a seven-eight-year uh, yeah. contract, and that's how they're like financially doing this. And it's like how like they're doing. They're literally giving them baseball contracts, which makes no sense because they're like 
if Enzo Fernandez turns out to be an absolute flop, which like, almost none of the transfers that are high dollar, like in the recent years have ever turned out, like they are stuck with this dude until maybe year four into his contract. They can maybe move him. Like, so. It's just, it's just been really, really weird to see. I mean, I wake up, open Instagram and it's like I'm reading through like some like 10 year olds Chelsea career mode. It's just like every highly touted player that any of the other big six have started to scout or, you know, there's rumors of them looking at next thing, you know, Chelsea drop a bit of like, you know, 30 or 40 million over what that team wanted. I know Enzo was linked with the likes of Liverpool and Man United for like, 70 or 80 and even that is is pretty high for what you're getting you're getting a player who is 12 months out of the argentinian league and off of a very very good world cup showing yeah um but he's still raw he's still young his potential is there i would have absolutely loved if liverpool signed him but yeah this is just basically todd bowley is doing what he did with the dodgers and he's gambling Chelsea's entire future on this core of players that he signed this yeah. uh, this window and who he's going to sign and well, if they to come. They, I, if they don't work out like the future of Chelsea is going to be completely different. Yeah, I I like the risk. Like I get the risk and like it, to be successful, you have to like take risks and to do things that like shit's not been done before. Like. You know, the way, like, not that Arsenal, like, revolutionized the transfer, but, like, Arsenal took, like, got a plan together, did something a little bit different than they're used to doing, and, like, are reaping the rewards. And not to say that Chelsea have not put, like, have splashed in the market, because they have. I mean, like, they have Lukaku. Um, who else? I'm trying to think. I mean, they even just bought Aubameyang recently for, like, quite a bit of money. Um, I mean, it just, I can't think of any recent one or like past ones but like just recently like here's Mudric like he looked you can look as far back as Fernando Torres for like 60 million back in whatever that was 2012 yeah from Liverpool yeah and like it's just like they've they've been ones to splash but just not like this and to like sign these players like it's just like it's not baseball like it's not romanticized the same way players don't have the same longevity I mean look at Fabinho now like Fabinho for Liverpool like he went from the best center, like center defensive midfielder in the league, maybe in the world, like up against Casemiro, like that debate between Party and Casemiro, that was Fabinho to maybe yeah. one of the worst players in the Liverpool squad and maybe one of the worst players in the league at the moment based on form. Yeah, no, exactly. And could pick up an ACL injury and be out for a whole year and his whole career be like capitulated, you know? So, the like the risk is there the dude's definitely talented like seeing him in the world cup but like i mean at this point like i thought the whole argentina team was riding on messi's coattails at that point like the team was playing fine and di maria came up big in spots like especially in that final but the yeah. team was like everyone thought that they were going to win it they did but i didn't think the team was like that outstanding you know and their run like they played against some good teams so I don't know. I just I'm hesitant to say that this is like a fantastic signing. Every Chelsea player or fan is just going to think that this is the best signing ever. I mean, yeah, when they got Pogba. So I just like I don't know. I don't know if you have any more thoughts on it, but like I 
I just can't believe this shit. And there's there's two more things I want to bring up with Chelsea, just because I feel like they're gonna be the team on everyone's mind coming out of this transfer window. And they are going to be looked at under a huge spotlight for the next, you know, three, four seasons even. Um, Like they're either going to be that team that's going to dominate the Prem for the foreseeable future, or they are going to be the biggest laughing stocks (laughs) of the Premier League. And there's literally no in between at this point. Um, Like if you thought Arsenal or Liverpool's banter years were bad, like they could be so much worse for Chelsea because – the only way Todd Bully is able to do this is he is basically gambling and saying this team will win silverware, will win a Champions League, will win Premier Leagues, and they're going to, yeah, pretty much. Like within the next few seasons, there's going to be major silverware brought in to offset this cost. And if FFP locks down on these, you know, eight, nine year deals, I don't know how they're going to go out it, at it. Um, things could get weird. And what I was going to say is that the weirdest thing to look at it for me is they've signed all these players and I don't really see what they're cooking up. Like, yeah, like it's, it's mostly just names and talent thrown at a wall and they're going to probably hope that Graham Potter's experience at Brighton with sort of making a team click that wasn't necessarily scouted to work together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like at Brighton, he would get, players from all different kinds of leagues, different kinds of uh, players with different qualities, and he would sort of mix and mash and mesh together a team that would find success. And I think that's what Bowley's hoping he does again. Yeah. Because um, you got, you know, you got Jao Felix, who is like a tricky little winger slash 10, who is essentially the same player as Pulisic, but better. You have... You know, the Maduake dude who's a little bit more forward, a little bit more on the ball, run at you type. Yeah. You got Fernandez, who's a do-it-all player. You know, you got new center backs, new right back. Like this is – or left back, I think it is, Gusto. Mm-hmm. Like this has potential to have like three or four different teams that could come out at you at any week. Yeah. And pretty much no other team can say that. Um, it's going to be a lot on Graham Potter's shoulders. And I don't know if he was brought in with this project in mind. Um, I struggle to think that, honestly. Um, I don't know if he has green-lighted any of these signings, if he has had a word in it, if he's yeah. been given a list and then picked names off the list. Like, we don't really know all that, and we never will. Yeah. It I, is it a seems, lot for him to figure out. Yeah, And it seems like Todd Bowley's had a lot of his, like, hands in a lot of these, like, transfers. But, like, even to think that, like, I forgot that Zhao Felix even joined Chelsea at the beginning of this window because of how much business they've done. And it's, like, that is, like, to me, that's, like, crazy because Zhao Felix is seen as, like, one of, like, the really up-and-coming, like, big talents. And it's supposed to be that, like, Ronaldo placement, you know, in a way, like, with, like, you know, Rafael Liao. You know, those two kind of, like, trying to tag team this Portugal team once Ronaldo leaves. Yeah. That's just, like, that's a crazy thing because that's that's not what January's for is to revamp your whole team. Like, Bully has come in in one year and has already maybe purchased the same amount of like players that <laughs> Nottingham Forest purchased in the summer. Like it is like it was. Both these teams have just gone absolutely insane in the transfer window, and I couldn't agree more with like there's no like like middle ground with this either they're going to be an absolute laughing stock or they're going to be the best team in the premier league for like 
four years because of the absolute <laughs> talent and like the knowledge that you know Graham Potter has and like I you know Graham Potter maybe has a month left to like figure this out quite honestly because the way yeah. Todd Boyd does business I have no clue we no one has a clue what's going on I don't I don't see the like you know process but I feel like as anyone that should trust like their process that's outside of Chelsea is Arsenal at this point because yeah you know. He's he's back in the like he's back in his manager. He's getting them players, you know. So, I guess yeah. You know, I, I guess throughout I'm- all this, I just want everyone to remember one thing, and that's that Chelsea bought Lukaku for a hundred million, played him for a season. He got like five goals, and then they loaned him back to the club they bought him for. Um, just so- always remember that's the type of Chelsea business that we're <laughs> we're probably going to see. Yeah. I'm going to be the Debbie Downer, and I'm going to say this is going to end. Horrible. In a fiery, horrible death. But I have never been a Chelsea fan. I'm never going to pretend to be like that. So I don't think it's good for the sport more than anything. Um, You know, this type of spending, pushing FFP. Like, is FFP even a thing? I mean, I remember back like three or four seasons ago when when City were doing their big spending and it just pales in comparison. Yeah. And back then people were calling for their heads and – to saying their owners or you know it's just yeah it feel like this is just the beginning of the end of like fun fair football but that's more of like a debbie downer approach because the main thing that i am thinking while i see all these signings i'm like who are they going to sell like they sold Jorginho for 10 million or something i was like okay pulisic is gone like they have to sell somebody and yeah. then you know it's the end of the window and they've sold like they made like twenty five million in sales or something. Yeah, there was. I saw some dude on Twitter say that they like matched the amount of like money that they had, like for buying people as much as they sold. I was like, "There's no way." There's, There's it's not, not even close. Possible, but anyway, I'm. I think it'll probably. I'm leaning towards it's probably not going to end well, but I mean, kudos for them for taking risk. I mean, yeah, no one else. It'll be entertainment nonetheless, regardless of what happens, and that's that's all. That's kind of what we're looking for. Yeah. Um. What do we got next? Do we want to talk about We can that? talk about uh Chelsea's feeder club at this point. That's Brighton. Um <laughs> like the Brighton to Chelsea pipeline stronger than ever, and still Brighton might finish above them in the league. Let's yeah. be real. No, they're <laughs> flying right now, and I mean I think talk like other than Arsenal right now, and maybe I wanna say I'd say maybe United as far as like team or no i'd say newcastle as far as like team camaraderie and like playing together brighton are one of the best team playing like soccer teams in the premier league i think like they find these nobodies buy them for pennies and turn them into absolute world beaters like matoma is looking like an absolute baller and he looks unstoppable and then like with estupinian like moise caicedo um, I mean, even Tyreek Lamptey is still seen as, like, one of the most, like, one of the biggest up-and-coming, like, right-backs. And, dude, it's, like, hard to touch the pitch. And so – and, like, who they're lining up in the back line, like, you'll never be able to – like, they're not household names. I mean, like, who the hell is Lewis Dunk, dude? Like, who is – but he's – they're lining his ass up, and, like, he is playing amazingly. Along Absolute with, god like, for an aerial duel. Yeah, they – Brought in Loney Cowell from Chelsea. Dude, I think dude's like 19 years old and it playing like a veteran center half under this just like 
Brighton management, and even after losing Graham Potter, they didn't they didn't lose a step. They haven't no like they are the exact same team. And so I don't know if that says more about Graham Potter or just like the overall like management and structure system that they have in place. But this team is like is looking to become a like Premier League staple for many years to come. And I just hope to God that teams don't start like picking this team apart because I love what Brighton have done ever since they got into the Premier League. I don't know. I'm just so sick of Brighton, dude, as a Liverpool fan. Oh my God. I swear the way the fixtures lined up, I think they played him three times in the last month and they've just dismantled Liverpool, <laughs> dude. I'm so sick of him. Are you kidding me, dude? A solid March brace. He's looking like prime hazard against Liverpool, dude. I'm so sick of him, man. They're so good. They are. They're just, they're just like, they show up with like these random people. And obviously they're not random. They're professional athletes, but like, it's just like a, um, weird 11 like evan ferguson at striker the irish bloke is like five goals and three assists and yeah eight games or something like what the hell is happening just players <laughs> what is going on they're showing up with fifa generated players and just 3-0 in liverpool dude i'm so sick that way or like at home oh my god yeah i that i i can't tell you there that's like Klopp. that's the funny thing though too Klopp will come in with the same exact system after getting 3 0'd. Yeah, he just does not care. He's like 4 3 3, mate. <laughs> Bajetichin for Fabinho. We got it all solved. We figured it out. Basics, guys. <laughs> we're going back to the basics and we're going 4 3 3 and just get absolute washed. And it's, it is kind of insane that Klopp. He's like, exhausted, man. He's tired. You could see it in all the interviews. But oh, no, I mean, he's, he's had it. But. Brighton are going to do that to plenty other teams too oh, this season. They like have done it. Like they've done it to plenty of teams. But like, I, I'm for sure. I think they play Man City one more time. That is a potential draw. But the thing with like Brighton that I think pisses me off, and this is a betting related thing, is yeah. that they'll go up against like some. They'll go up against West Ham next week for say, and West Ham are in the worst form like that they've been in for a long time. I mean, just like what was it last year? They were fight. They were in a the Europa League final or whatever against Frankfurt. And they'll go, they'll be at home. You know, they'll have the fucking bubble blowing losers come in and fucking <laughs> lose them at home. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> How are they losing to this team? Like after they, they, they'll go to Liverpool, like beat them two one and then come home against West Ham and lose or against like wolves or some team like that. And they like, that's what pisses me off with them is that they could be so great. And then, they just match their competition and just play so poorly. And well, not, not so poorly, but to the point where they're like drawing at home to teams that they shouldn't be drawing to. Yeah. I think um, if they can get that figured out, then, you know, the sky's the limit for that team. If they can figure out a little bit of consistency, if they can hold on to their bigger players, I know they kind of muscled their way to keep Caicedo for another six months. Yeah, um, which I think is good for them overall. For it is, but it's it's just sad to see Brighton bring in, you know, you see a player go off for Brighton and you know that within the next two days there's going to be a transfer bid put in by Chelsea. It's just like, I'm surprised they didn't buy Matoma after he scored that goal against oh, Liverpool. Like, yeah, exactly. I'm sure Todd Bowley was watching the game and literally just pulled his checkbook out and said, like, how much? Yeah, but like, and they're definitely- if they can keep some of this talent, if they can retain and 
you know, build a little bit more of a team instead of, you know, scraping together talent and making it work, then mm -hmm. I would like to see what they'd be able to do, but I don't really know if they have the financial firepower to and ever do that. Currently, right now, they have two games in hands around um, compared to the teams around them, which are Fulham and Tottenham. And their next opponent is Bournemouth, and Tottenham's next opponent is Man City. So yeah. Brighton and Hub Albion could potentially break into the top five. <laughs> that would be nut. not nutty. This week, but if they if they have if they do the double and win twice, and Tottenham, you know, which is definitely likely that they lose two in a row, because um, they've been kind of up and down this whole year. Um, still very good. Like they get wins, but they also lose games where you're like, that shouldn't be happening. But right. they have the chance of <laughs> like top five territory. Um, so been very good. And I mean, even Fulham too. The newly promoted Fulham is in seventh place currently on nine wins and four draws, and they look way different from what I remember seeing them in previous years when they were kind of that yo-yo squad. I mean, and Mitrovic has turned into a like a literal household name. He is a staple, and I'm surprised that they've been able to hang on to him for so long. Um, and, uh, I mean, if you have him in your fantasy team, I mean, he's got to be – yeah, absolutely. My takes for my takes for Fulham and Mitrovic have just gone absolutely rancid this season. <laughs> yeah. I was one of the biggest Fulham haters for some reason. I don't even know why. I just had this gut feeling that they were going to do what they usually do. Yo-yo team. I mean, so you have every right to think that, but I, there's always going to be one team that you know comes up that kind of you know does great things here and there, but. I mean, both newly promoted teams right now. I mean, Nottingham Forest haven't looked great, but they're in 13th. And then Bournemouth have been the worst ones, but they're not even in last place. They're um, they're currently right now in 18th. But, I mean, Fulham, I mean, Dakova Reed, he's been playing well. Um, Joe Polina in the middle of the park has been has been rock solid, rock solid for him. That dude puts in like 18 slide tackles a game. I yeah, don't know. He's insane. Successful tackles. He is insane. And the two Americans at the back, I think he was linked to City, but now that the transfer window's over, um, Anthony Robertson. But yeah. I remember I remember shitting on um God, what was his name? Oh, what's his first name? Uh Tim, Tim Ream. Yeah, we, we put the blast like, on Tim Ream like, early this season. Duo is gonna get absolutely ransacked in the league. And he's and I was like and, and then he was he was almost the captain for the U.S. men's national team and I was loving him, dude. And now I'm I am a full Tim Ream supporter and just like I think he's an absolute baller and he's got he's got so much swag. He's got like old man swag. <laughs> he does. He's just got that. Uh, he's rock solid. He doesn't yeah, no he's nonsense. Crazy, he's man. he's not the type really to make a big mistake in a game. And I think that's just their whole team is not really the type to lose a game you know yeah, not the type to lose the make a big enough mistake to lose a game they they're consistent you pretty much know what you're going to get out of them they don't necessarily have a whole lot of dynamism but that's not a terribly bad thing for a promoted side i mean yeah. seventh place speaks for itself they're pretty much comfortably staying up already yeah which was just a complete opposite of what i expected with them and bournemouth even no i i thought they would i thought I actually thought they'd probably finish last two or like, I think I had them finishing either 19th or 18th. And I thought Nottingham Forest would stay up of all teams. And I was way wrong on them too. Um, I think just 
I think a nice comparison for them, and this might be overdoing it, but like that brutish kind of mentality, like they're like a weaker Newcastle at the moment. Like they, they just bully you and they, they play bully ball and they're very good at it. So, um, I mean, yeah. Fulham, I mean, they're, they're flying at the moment. I think they're kind of going under the radar because of all these other narratives going on. But, um, I feel like back in like, you know, if you're thinking 1996 when social media was nothing, I mean, Fulham would be in the front pages, like currently sitting seventh in a conference league spot. Like it just would be insane. So it is weird to think about. I mean, speaking of teams we expected to be in the relegation zone, you kind of touched on it. West Ham have just been next to awful. You got teams like Everton and teams like Southampton that have looked just abysmal, just yeah. like. Just like their time in the Prem is done. And then you got Wolves as well. Yeah. Uh, Bournemouth is down there, but that's more or less expected of a promoted side with how little they spent. But West Ham, I think coming into the season, a lot of people expected them to build on last season. You know, with the likes of Bowen being kept and and Rice being kept. You didn't really see a way that they could fall off this hard. But what do you think they do? Do you think they just fight, stay relegated, or stay in the league and I think they'll definitely stay in the league. I just, I mean, looking at their talent and like they, they have players that are extremely good. And I mean, like I wasn't big on the Skamaka signing, but like you were, I think you had more knowledge on him. He was like one of the highest, like as far as like progression and like expected goals, like in the Italian league. And like, he was, yeah, I thought he would be better than he is for sure. And I think he's been dealing with a little bit of like injury problems and like they were kind of doing this like double with like, you know, still trusting Mikel Antonio, um, you know, cause like he was kind of the one that, you know, he went from, you know, their left back to now their striker. And he was a big reason that got them into the Europa league and like got into that final and same with like Jared Bowen, like they have just completely disappeared. I, I don't know what's going on with them. And then they signed players like Lucas Paqueta that you're like, this guy's a like, you know, it was going to take him to the next level. They still have Deckers. And then you see signings like Flynn fucking Downs from Ipswich Town. And you're like, why the hell are you signing that dude? Like, what is yeah. he? And like, see, like, Thilo Care, like, he has been in and out of squads ever since he's left Schalke. He's never been consistent. And you got dudes kicking cats. Kurt Zuma can't stick. Like, <laughs> Like, it's just like, what is going on with this team? And I think you would 100% think that this team would be at least challenging for, like, at least top half of the table, but they can't seem to get anything going at all. And now they're relying on Danny Ings to come and save them, which, you know, isn't, I guess, is, you know, the best thing for them because Danny Ings seems to find a way to always stay in the prem. So, you know, anytime that you can get a a savior like that he's like the next jesus christ or whatever yeah they've just um i think the issue with them is you kind of touched on it their squad is a little bit unbalanced um they have talent in some spots and in, in others you know they got aging players or players that just have been up and down throughout their career so it kind of makes sense almost that they're struggling to find some consistency but like you said the thing about them is their talent should mean that they bully teams around them in the relegation zone, and that's what it takes to stay up. And I do think they'll stay up pretty comfortably in the end. Yeah. Um, like, they just have more 
more pulling power, more ability to muscle out points against teams in that relegation area than I think that a team that Everton might, you know, like if you want to hit on Everton, they've been pretty brutally awful and they've ended up, uh, who did they sell this, this transfer window? Um, who did they sell? I don't even, I, I mean, they sold Richarlison, didn't replace him. And then they, I know they were looking at somebody like, well, that was, Oh, you they sold Anthony Gore or is that his name? Anthony Gordon. Who, who, who are we talking about? Sorry. I'm Everton. Sorry. Okay. I yeah. just like, started talking about the next team. Anthony Gordon. Sorry. I thought you were still talking about West Ham. No, you're good. It's just like Everton have given up a lot. They've lost a lot of talent and then their transfers in as always have just not been oh, the yeah, best in my opinion. Horrible. And like they, I mean, when you're bringing in Alex Awobi and Damari Gray, I think in the same window, I mean, you can kind of see where that's going to like, you know, bring you where like, you know, Damari Gray was like kind of an up and coming player at Leicester, but then was sold for like, he was also sold for pennies. They, I think they cost him like 4 million to get him over there at Everton. So, and like you're relying on Solomon Rondon, Neil Maupai, and um, what is that dude? Tuskin? I don't even like, I don't know their strikers. And they have Dominic Calvert Lewin still, but he's just, he's not panned out no, at this yeah. point. You can pretty much say that. At 25 years old, he's not the player that most people thought he would be three seasons ago. I thought their signings in defense, though, were solid. I thought that, you know, for a team that was probably most likely going to be fighting, you know, I didn't think relegation again, but, like, fighting towards the bottom. Like, yeah. Connor Cody and James Tarkowski, like, they live down there, dude. So, like, they can get you through a season like this. But – um. Back to Everton or not West Ham. I just want to mention this. This is our next yeah. three games <laughs> at away to Newcastle, at home against Chelsea, and away to Spurs. I mean that run of games sound horrible. That is brutal. <laughs> that sounds like the worst way to end January, and going into like and like David Moyes is like <laughs> looking to like kind of revamp. Like or just like secure his job down. I'm surprised he's still in a job. To Chelsea be honest, and, I mean, yeah, but like Chelsea and Spurs have been like in and out of form, but like not as much as West Ham have been. And I like no. going to Tottenham Stadium. I mean, I feel like they're gonna get absolutely ransacked. So, and like going like Newcastle, I would I'd throw pretty much your life savings on Newcastle in that game because like there's no way that they lose that game at home uh, at St James against West Ham. But um, sorry, back to everything. No, no. I mean, it's just like you can kind of talk about all these teams, you know, mishmash, like throw however you want because, like, they're all in similar areas. They're just – the teams are unbalanced. They're unable to find consistency. Mm-hmm. The talent is just not showing itself in the way that we thought it would yeah. at the beginning of the season. I mean, you got teams ahead of them like Nottingham Forest and, and – um, Crystal Palace, who have looked pretty bad at times this season, but the difference is, is they've just been scraping points that the teams like Everton and Southampton just haven't. Like, yeah, like when you go into a game versus <clears throat> Everton, Southampton, Wolves, Bournemouth, like you kind of know that if you get a goal or two ahead, they're going to sort of fall over. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, a Nottingham Forest or Crystal Palace, you know, a team a little bit of a younger manager sort of a 
a less proven squad, they might have more to fight for at this point. Yeah. And in like in hindsight, like this Everton team on paper, I mean, looked like not that bad when they, especially when they got um, Abdullahi Decore. I mean, I thought that was a great signing because he was in that Watford squad and did a really great role, like kind of roaming as like that kind of like floating eight, almost playing as a six. And like when they made that signing, I was just like, wow, like they're trying to really revamp their midfield. And then they had like Andre Gomish and um, who else do they have like in that midfield? They had they brought in Onana last season from Liel, who's been really good. Yeah, and he uh, he's looked solid. And like they had like strong like I mean Yuri Mina, he was he's like he was a shit house like center half that like I would kind of want on my team, and he's kind of fallen off. Um, you know Ben Godfrey was kind of coming up through that like Norwich team has just kind of not looked great. And like when they throw on the likes of Richarlison um, and like Donnie Conner-Lewin and then now like Anthony Gordon, and not that I'm very like high on Anthony Gordon and I probably will never be, but like that, all that talent in there at once, like they just needed someone to get that mesh together and they just could never get that manager. I think they're lacking that manager. And ever since they hired like Ancelotti, it's just been always downhill because no one like expected Ancelotti to ever be there. And secondly, he's left within six months. So I think that derailed all of their plans. Like I think everyone were thinking that that was a, like, a long-term thing and they're, they're suffering because of that. I think. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. They, the team has been able to paper over the cracks, you know, the last few seasons, um, of the bad transfer sagas and transfer signings that they've gone through Mm -hmm. just based on their pure talent of squad alone compared to the other relegated sides. But it's getting to the point that, you know, starting with wolves, I'd say back when they got promoted, like the promoted sides are no longer purely expected to be the three sides that go down. Like they come in and they splash their cash and sign some pretty big name players because the premier league, just being in the premier league alone, gives you such buying power that wasn't there, you know, five, even five or 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, and Everton have just been able to scrape by mid table because those lower league or lower table sides have been so bad in comparison. Yeah. But now that a lot of them, you know, as I said, it started with wolves, but this season specifically Fulham and Nottingham forest have came up. Uh, Nottingham forest have spent like crazy. Mm-hmm. And now it's getting to the point where these teams that have sort of been able to relax and stay mid table are going to start suffering, I think. Yeah, no. And like, I feel like a team that's probably benefited the most from it is like probably Crystal Palace because they, they were always teetering on that relegation kind of fodder, always in there, kind of find their way out at the end. And now that they finally kind of have that, team together they have the manager i think that you know there is some kind of plan there under like Vieira. like that was a team that definitely like now <laughs> would be that has reaped the rewards of kind of those teams being horrible and, yeah you know <clears throat> staying up and now with all that premier league money i mean this is the new super league like this is what we didn't want to happen and now it's just an already confirmed like you know already a league that's already been here for so long and i think the super league it's like here and it's now because there's no way that a team like nottingham forest that wouldn't be that wouldn't even be possible in spain like 
you know, Italy, France, Germany, anywhere, it wouldn't be possible. I think the only team that really has done anything that came up from nothing is Union Berlin. And I think currently right now they're sitting second in the Bundesliga. But that's because everyone else that was at the top has been horrible. Yeah, like Bayern just don't really care until like February, March. Yeah. They always turn it on and they always, you know, beat out whoever it is. And even if they don't, they'll just be back next season. Yeah. Whereas yeah. in the in the Prem this season, I mean, we've touched on basically every little segment of the table, like uh, Arsenal, Man City, potentially Man United for first. You have teams like Brighton and Fulham challenging. Um, you know, Newcastle good. now at this point seems pretty solidified in top four. You know, Tottenham trying to get in there. Mm-hmm. You got Liverpool falling off. You got Chelsea falling off. They're approaching their falls from grace a little differently. Um, And then you got, you know, some Premier League staples that, you know, one of them probably will get relegated. Yeah. One of Wolves, West Ham, uh, Southampton, and, um, you know, one of those teams will probably get relegated this season, which makes the Premier League entertaining at the same point. Yeah, definitely. And, like, I think it's looking like Burnley's coming back in too, so – I mean that's that's just some shit. I hate that. Yeah, Burnley is just absolutely rocking the um, with the championship right now. I think yeah. they're absolutely dominating, and it's pissing me off because I hate those losers. They just they suck so much. And yeah, they're they're tough to watch sometimes, but <laughs> we got Sean Dyche back in the Premier League. I'm yeah, looking no, forward hey, to that. No, our, our savior, dude, absolute just Brexit ball. It's coming to Everton, and it, it's honestly, just it's dude, funny because Everton already, Everton already have allowed the same amount of Premier League goals as teams like Brentford and have only allowed one Premier League goal more than, like, um, more than Brighton. Like, their defense was yeah, already they're, solid. That was not the issue. Offensively, they're horrible. And now you got Sean Dyche coming in to figure it out. Like, <laughs> Yeah, the I think the team that's worse than them is Wolves, and they have only 12 goals this year and somehow are in 17th. But Yeah, that's just – But, I mean, I don't know. Sean Dyche ball, I mean, it's coming and it's gonna, it's coming hard, dude. And it's gonna be absolutely horrible watching him this weekend against Arsenal because I'm, I don't like, I'm gonna watch it, but I'm gonna hate myself for watching it because it's gonna be an absolute shit show. Probably, yeah. Probably like a one nil, honestly, win for Arsenal because it's just gonna look so garbage. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. There is tons to look forward to as we wrap it up this week of the podcast. Um, a little bit of a mid-season recap. I mean, I'm pretty happy with all we talked about, everything that we hit today. No, if you got any? You got any else? Anything else to say? No, I mean, honestly, I think that Arsenal are going to win the league. I don't see how they stop. And uh, also, um, what's his name? Um, I had his name earlier. I wanted to talk about it because he's a prick. Um, <laughs> God, what is his name? Jamie Carragher mm. and what's they? They're pundits. God, how did we I... got Carragher and Neville. Oh, yeah. Fuck Gary Neville, dude. That dude doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. That dude. Yeah. Been there before. Yeah. Liverpool wasn't there in 2018. Fuckhead. Like, I... Yeah. So fuck that dude. Come on the Arsenal. All right. I think with that, we're going to conclude episode 17 of season two of No Ball Podcast. As always, I've been your host, Scott, joined by my friend, Ben Stacy. We got a pretty good weekend of games coming up, and we're looking forward to being back with you next Wednesday uh, to talk it over. Ben, you want to give a little sign-off? Yeah. Hey, it's uh, been No Ball Pod. I'm Ben. And I'm Scott.
Peace. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Noball Podcast. Ben and I would like to thank you for your support and invite you to follow us on Twitter and TikTok at NoballPod to give us feedback and send in suggestions. Catch you around.